Did aliens fight in the Second World War? If table football is called foosball, why isn't table tennis called twosball? All of these questions you can find the answer to on This Paranormal Life. Welcome back, everyone, to This Paranormal Life, Hey-o. the paranormal podcast hosted by myself, Rory Powers, and this guy over here, Kit Greer. Come Now, if you haven't listened to the show before, every single week we investigate a brand new paranormal claim or tale or beast and come to a conclusion, usually within the hour, if it is <laughs> if it is paranormal or not. Sometimes we start filibustering, which uh, so it goes into sort of constitutional shutdown. Yeah, we have to keep rolling, for talk basically days on end. Some days we just go for days on end. I think we topped out at two weeks once when we were investigating um, the the masturbating ghost monkey of mm-hmm. Applehampton, mm-hmm. uh, which was eventually cut down into a one hour episode. But I mean, we, we we brought in monkeys at one point and tried to get them to masturbate. Bait. We we got bananas, filled out the whole place with a with bamboo trees. It was a very extensive case. Best believe that it's due to sleep deprivation at the end of two weeks. We thought we were masturbating ghost monkeys. <laughs> Who wouldn't at that point? And I hope that we bring that level of dedication to today's case, Kit. Of course. Maybe not the masturbating, but this is a case that is a very popular case, and I'm very glad that we're finally getting to investigate it. Oh. I think it's time we just dive right into it. Anna Elizabeth Michelle was born on the 21st of September 1952 in West Germany. Her family were super religious. We're talking mass twice a week. Twice a week? Holy water in the Cheerios, prayers every morning and night. Oh my God. Real religious types. For years, Annalise Michelle, her three sisters and her parents lived in peace leading a normal family life. It was the 50s. Everyone was probably pretty religious. And having a great normal life. Of course. That is until Annalise turned 16. One day in 1968... She discovered rock and roll. It was was the end of her. She discovered kiss. She started worshipping Satan twice a week, putting devil water on the Cheerios. (laughs) Demon water, which is beer, by the way. (laughs) started calling them beerios offering them up to the other kids in school (laughs) terrible influence you're so anarchic but you still love cheerios well one day in 1968 michelle was at school sitting obediently listening to the teacher talk about math or whatever they taught in the school in the 1960s when all of a sudden her vision began to narrow and darkness began to flood the room out of nowhere She blacked out. Too many Beerios that morning. Later that same day, Annalise Michelle got into bed, ready to put everything behind her. But the Sandman would not come for her this night, unless that is the name of a demon. (gasps) Michelle described a night of horrible paralysis, suffocation, as if something was sitting on her chest, pinning her to the bed. So this is after uh, passing out. In, in class. Yes. Wow, okay. Not two things you want to have back to back. You need to get some rest. You don't need to be seeing demons. <laughs> That's not going to help the situation. No. What you need, you need to put your feet up and have an mm-hmm. ice cold bowl of Beerios. Now, it would be another year before these problems would resurface. In 1969, these strange episodes started to repeat. Her mother was extremely worried about her, so she took her to a neurologist named... Dr. Siegfried Luthi. A very smart move to get a man of science involved before we hop straight into paranormal town. Well, Dr. Luthi diagnosed Michelle with 
probable epilepsy, but because of the oh. infrequency of the attacks, he didn't prescribe any medication. Okay, <laughs> pretty dangerous. Very dangerous and very bold and bad, I think. Probably. I don't know if necessarily doctors living today and working today would uh, make no prescription at all for it someone who's having epileptic fits. Well, Michelle didn't get anything. She got 200 cc's of man the f*** up. <laughs> so she pushed on with life, coping as best as she could at school. <laughs> Jesus, so cruel. Her classmates would later describe her as, quote, a very pleasant girl, but also withdrawn and very religious. She's withdrawn because her vision is blacking out as we speak. That would isolate she anyone, can't I think. see you out of the corner of her vision. <laughs> a demon slept on her last <laughs> night. She doesn't want to play tag in the playground. If I get seven hours sleep, I'm grumpy as f for two days. If I had a demon sleeping on my chest, I mean, my God. With his bony demon ass, he's <laughs> going to drive you crazy. You know he doesn't have any cushion. Of course he doesn't. He's all bones. <laughs> all bones and fire. They're, they're, they're missing meals down in hell. Well, eventually she managed to finish high school and went on to college, where she began her studies to become a teacher just like her parents dreamed. But unfortunately, that dream would never come true. Oh. June 3rd, 1970, Michelle suffered another night seizure. This one was bad. So her parents brought her to a neurologist to get an EEG, which I researched and found out it was an electro Why are you making this up, bro? I thought you researched Okay. An electro When the results came back in, doctors noticed what they called abnormal brain waves hmm. something was definitely wrong with michelle so the neurologist prescribed another long word here so stick with me brother not making this up on the spot sure anti-convulsant medication okay that makes sense well a, con a convulsion is whenever you have a, a fit a seizure right so, so this is anti-convulsant anti that sounds kind of sensible this is uh, that makes a lot of sense and this is a doctor in the 1970s they probably should have given her something like this the first time around uh, i think i knew one person who got uh some sort of anti-convulsant medication because they smoked so much weed <laughs> that they broke <laughs> some part of their brain apparently <laughs> My God, yeah. how much weed does that have to be? A lot. You have to be Obviously. borderline eating it at that point, I think. I thought the um, the antidote for too much weed was just a beer <laughs> to, <laughs> to calm you down. And that's why you're not a general practitioner, probably. <laughs> a beer and a bag of Cheetos. <laughs> take this, <laughs> take, two, take two of these and see me in the morning. Hard cut to you as a GP going, oh, was it beer before... No, liquor before beer, never fear. Just riding out on a pad, <laughs> prescribing a JD and a six-pack of Carling. <laughs> now, these anti-convulsant pills might have well have been a bag of Skittles, because <laughs> things only got worse. No! Around a week later is when Michelle saw her first demon. What? One night, while praying in her room before bed... <sighs> In the darkness, she saw an enormous, grimacing, horrible face looking... You're laughing. I mean, <laughs> like, look, there's a lot of people out there who enjoy praying. There's a lot of personal and spiritual benefit. A lot of, of people out there in society today, though the atheists out there, are skeptical of prayer. Sure, those bastards. I'm not saying I agree with them. Enjoy hell. But, you heathens, if you're praying... 
and mid prayer a demon visits you something's not right it's not it's doing something wrong what way are you facing (laughs) are you looking straight down because i like you know i don't know a whole lot about prayers is direction a part of it if it's like a yeah a a beam yeah you have you you have to go on your knees and look up don't look down that's where the bad guy is if you're seeing a demon during your prayers (laughs) at least stop (laughs) yeah yeah, don't start swearing legions because there's some miscommunication going on and you need that to be clarified before you start saying... Be, be neutral. Yeah, be very neutral. <laughs> well, before she could even get a good look at it, the thing disappeared in the night. Okay. The doctors believe this could be a side effect of her condition, but her parents believed this could be something much, much worse. And I hear what you're saying, Kit. Rory doesn't... I I didn't say anything, but... You said, Rory, that doesn't sound that paranormal. I mean, who hasn't seen the face of the the devil now and again? That actually was what I was thinking. Fair play, fair play. You know, you see it at the bottom of a glass of whiskey. You see it in your poker cards. You see it on Christmas Day when you're naked, looking at your own reflection in the mirror. All right? I've seen the... I've seen the devil, all right? Yeah. He's got blonde hair, blue eyes, and a... (laughs) Paranormal podcast. Go blonde hair, blue eyes, a million dollar smile, and black soulless pits where eyes should be. It's not that crazy a thing. We've all seen demons before. But things were a little worse for Annalise Michelle. She began to see demonic horned faces nonstop. This isn't good. She would complain about a horrible stench that only she could smell that apparently smelt like burnt shit. Well, she said feces, but for emphasis, I said shit. And late at night, she could hear knocking on her bedroom door, to which her parents responded, Annalise, you're just dreaming. No one's knocking on your door. Mm. However, her parents were surprised when her sister said they'd also heard the knocking. This isn't good. It's just going down it's going downhill. This is this is bad. This is the part in the horror movie where you're like, you move house. Yeah. Get to a completely different, change the physical state, change the mental state. Start swapping it up. Go go on a little beach retreat. Go for a paddle in the sea. There's yeah. No demons there, probably. This is this is the point where you're 25 minutes into a horror film, mm-hmm. rated 18, mm-hmm. but no one has sworn yet, and you right. haven't seen anything bad. Right. You know it's about to pop off. Right. At this point, Annalise's mother, Anna, was convinced that her daughter was fully possessed by demons. Which the accusation probably doesn't help. But, no, uh, if, you, if your mother is screaming at you that you are basically a car for demons, that's going to sink itself, I think, into your subconscious. You literal Uber X for demons. You lift for goblins. <laughs> One day, her mother even told her father that she had caught Michelle in her bedroom staring at a statue of the Virgin Mary when her eyes turned jet black and her hands became claws. What? That is escalated enormously. I thought up to this point, this was largely in Annalise's head. And then, okay, the other kids maybe heard a knock. Yeah. Now she's got claws. I think this is obviously, this is obviously a super religious family. Okay. And we're having this very strange thing happen with Annalise, who obviously is now convinced that she's possessed by demons. Sure. 
the sisters are hearing the same noises, so they're starting to think there's demons running about. This is all feeding into the mind of these very Christian parents who believe that demons can possess and take over human bodies. That is a bad cocktail. Like as a it's, parent, it's a, it's a terrible cocktail. As a parent, you have one job: you stop your child from becoming a demon, <laughs> and that's it. You've got you've you've got a couple of jobs. You've got stop your child from becoming a demon uh feed him look after him and then sure if you have to tell them uh, you can be whatever you want to be don't tell them they are a demon <laughs> that's actually a sub clause of the third point tell them they can be whatever they want to be in life except a demon except a demon no matter how much they want to be a demon <laughs> you go listen annalise demons don't get very good pension plans it's just not a sensible career option there you go shut the fuck up dad <laughs> All right, now see, you're using your demon voice again, and you know that me and my, your mother disapprove. So this was getting really bad. As you said, this is a terrible cocktail. Yeah. To try and fight back the resident demons, the family decided to take Annalise to a saint shrine, a holy place where you can pray and drink holy water and juice. Do people drink holy water? I have. I don't think so. Okay, I didn't think so. Good. <laughs> I, I think it's more put it on you just drink the juice yeah just drink the holy juice no not the just regular oh, just juice. the regular juice yeah but if it's in a church does that make it regular juice or holy juice it's regular juice. can any liquid be holy i think holy water. can i have a holy monster energy drink that fills that revitalizes me with the power of god why would you need revitalized with anything other than the holy spirit well, caffeine as well. It helps pretty yeah, well. it's pretty awesome, actually. Priests take a lot of caffeine before they give mass. But when they arrived at the saint shrine, Michelle stated that she couldn't enter the chapel, and she said the ground beneath her burned her feet. <laughs> burned her hooves, I mean feet. <laughs> her clackety hooves were painful on the pavement. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. I wonder what her parents, what, what did they say? Well, this isn't going to help, is it? No. Not at all. By 1974, Annalise Michelle was 100% demon-possessed. What? Reports state that she was destroying any religious objects she could find, eating spiders, <laughs> and also somehow had gained superhuman strength. Presumably not from eating spiders. I don't know. Absolutely How many spiders have you eaten? There's no nutritional value. You see what they did to Tom Holland? And that bastard just got stung. If he had eaten spiders, he'd be like Superman. He was a skinny bitch for most of his life. So they got the Spider-Man contract. Now he's a hero. Are we to believe he didn't eat spiders to get there? Apparently she would throw her sisters around the room like ragdolls. <laughs> And at one point Jesus. she says, at one point she squeezed an apple so hard it exploded. Okay, maybe it was a overripe apple. I don't know. I f even think that is difficult. It's pretty hard. Have you ever tried to squeeze an egg an from e the top and bottom? Yeah. Impossible. That's hard enough, let alone a whole apple. Swarms of flies and quote unquote shadow animals would suddenly appear near her and then vanish instantly. If we're adding to the list of things parents should teach their children, don't eat spiders. No. And when they say like an apple a day keeps the doctor away, that doesn't mean you squeeze an apple till it explodes. Every day. You should have specified 
don't don't burst an apple every morning. You know, ingest it. It's tough to be a parent because I think most parents have the kids, and even if they've not had kids before, we all know the kind of rough time scale of the different stages of parenting. You've got the kind of infant stage where okay, you got to get them a little, you know, some little toys they can play with, some little yeah. colors and little animals. Then they hit the terrible twos, and they're gonna, you know, start running about causing havoc. You know, then they get to school age, they learn all those things. You got to teach them about right and wrong. What I'm trying to say is, by the time they go to college, you're you think you're pretty much your job's done out of the woods. You know, a lot of parents kind of take their hands off the steering wheel. They go, hey, the kids living on their own. Um, maybe they'll learn a little bit about drugs and sex over the next couple of years, but that's about it. Yeah. You're, you think they're spider eating days. They're throwing their siblings across the room days are the, over. No, no. Uh oh. What's around the corner? It's the spider eating twenties. That's right. The most difficult stage of any child's life. At this point, Annalise Michelle and her entire family were convinced she was possessed. In 1975, they stopped seeking any medical advice. The only thing that was going to help was a full-blown exorcism. I mean, so if you Uh, had... Presumably it wasn't a doctor who said, there's nothing more the medical community can do. (laughs) I'm I'm passing this one to the guys guys in the robes. I think there was a doctor... There was apparently a doctor who said, yes, she's possessed go to a priest. Really? But after all these events took place, this is a little insight of where this is going. During the trial, (laughs) he denied such allegations. You just saw behind the veil there, buddy. Doctors have the power to refer. Usually that means to a specialist, to maybe a a back specialist, to a, uh, you know, a pediatrician, whatever it is. They shouldn't be referring you to church. No, I don't. I don't think. I mean, that kind of goes against their profession and what they've studied is that the human body can be understood from a scientific point of view. I guess it has to be real bad if the doctor's like, f*** it, go to a wizard. I don't know what's going on in there. This is beyond my pay grade. If you hadn't guessed it already, the events that we're talking about eventually became the film called The Exorcism of Emily Rose. Oh, yeah. Interesting. This is one of the most famous exorcism cases of all time. I mean, presumably I haven't seen this movie because this case doesn't sound familiar. Had you seen it? No, I haven't. But I do know that it is very popular. Mm -hmm. I think the film is mostly based around the court case that followed the incident. Not necessarily so much on the exorcism. uh, But this is definitely one of the most famous films based around an exorcism and then obviously made this one of the most famous exorcism cases wow. for, for a number of different reasons, yeah. which we will discover moving forward. Well, the family consulted with priests and bishops, and eventually they decided a man named Father Renz would help them exorcise the demons out of Annalise Michelle. This was a horrible experience <laughs> because we're not talking about a quick hold the cross power of christ compels you bada bing bada boom demons explode yeah textbook nine dollar 95 exorcism you get a free snack afterwards yeah. it's like giving blood they give you a lemonade and a cookie yeah the, the gritty real world version of an exorcism is that these went on for around a year what we're talking up to two times a week how much are these guys getting paid too much <laughs> way too much 
There was screaming, biting, vomiting, demon voices. Annalise would try and escape and bite people. It was not a pleasant process to watch for anyone involved. As time went on, Father Renz was able to communicate with the demons inside Annalise. The main demon called himself Judas, but he said there were four more residing in her. Lucifer, Nero, Cain, and Hitler. What? Yeah, that's bad, isn't it? It's an A-list cast of demons. Because they've called them demons, but these are just famous figures in history. Yeah. Which Judas I, Iscariot, <laughs> presumably. I, presumably, I, it's the Hitler. It's yeah. not just a demon called Hitler. Yeah, I, I think um, I think the implication here is that these are bad people <laughs> who died and became... That's what, maybe how you become a demon, is they're in hell and now they've possessed this woman. Can you imagine them breaking the news, just going... The parents are like, so you made contact, so how bad is it? Well, I regret to inform you that... Um, <laughs> Judas is in your little girl. Judas is inside. Oh my God. Holy shit. The, the person who, who betrayed Jesus. God. Like, it literally can't be any worse. You would think so. You really would. You really would. What? There's more. <laughs> Hitler. Hitler's in there too. What? Also, Lucifer, who I think is the devil. <laughs> the granddaddy. <laughs> the actual de- devil himself. King of hell. That's pretty bad as well. It's like some sort of sick tag team match where these demons are bringing in the entourage yeah like i don't know who nero and kane are but you best bet they're some sick mother if they're if they're on the a team with hitler and the devil that's a pretty bad roundup of people <laughs> this is where you get like a historian in and then the parents are like oh well at least um you know there's these other two we've never heard of nero and kane nero and kane <laughs> oh they are the worst what they <laughs> They make Hitler look like the Dalai Lama. <laughs> Cain, you mean Lucifer's evil twin? <laughs> Lucifer's the, the good, good one? <laughs> when people die in hell, they go to Cain's hell. <laughs> it's one foot lower. They go to <laughs> Neroville. <laughs> this is not what you wanted to hear. One demon is bad enough, let alone the A-list of demons. The strangest part was... Annalise eventually mentioned another demon by the name of Fleischmann, Hmm. who she claimed was a fallen priest who had become a demon for his sins. Now, the family had no idea what she was talking about and assumed it was gobbledygook, but when they looked it up, they found records of a priest named Fleischmann from the 16th century who was excommunicated from the church. Wow. And I mean, there was no real explanation as to why... Annalise Michelle would have any idea of who this person was. Yeah. So that's already some pretty creepy stuff. This is pre-Google times, folks. She's not, you know, sitting in her bedroom Googling it. You probably have to go to some effort to find that information out. Yeah. And, you know, we've examined demon possession before on this podcast. We've seen videos of Derek Akora being Mm -hmm. possessed by a demon. And the problem that we have a lot with his possessions is when asked a very specific question... (laughs) about the demon's life or the time it was alive a lot of the time he doesn't know the answer even he, though i think he passed out on <laughs> camera when someone asked him a difficult question so he either pretends to fall asleep or just yell yell at the people asking the question whereas annalise michelle is mentioning very specific people from history mm-hmm. of which she should have no knowledge of at all absolutely 
Well, OccultWorld.com said, On October 31st, 1975, the exorcists believed that they had achieved complete success and expelled the six demons one by one. But just when they thought the ordeal was over, oh, a new demon announced itself oh. with a growl. It identified itself only as I and said that it had been secretly lurking in Annalise all along. The demon told Father Renz that they, meaning the other demons, had, quote, really pulled a fast one on you. <laughs> what? However, not much later, Father Renz was able to goad the demon into admitting that it was just Judas. <laughs> 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 who apparently returned immediately after being exercised the first time. That's a very Judas thing to do. So very we should We should have seen that coming. It's very in character for a demon to lie. Um, so this all makes total sense to me. In January 1976, Annalise told her family that her trial and suffering would end in July, seven months away. So, in the meantime, the family pushed on with the exorcisms. Now, it's worth mentioning, actually, that Father Renz recorded the audio from 42 of the exorcisms. <sighs> you can pretty easily find the audio online and listen to the recordings, but after some deliberation, I've decided actually not to play them on the podcast, because one, they're all in German, I believe, so it's quite difficult to understand exactly what they're saying in any of them. Uh, and two, they are genuinely quite terrifying. Fair enough. Uh, these are the actual mm. audio recordings from a woman who was having demons prayed out of her body uh, for the better part of a year. It's pretty so, disturbing stuff. It's disturbing stuff, and I don't really want to make light of it. Um, so I will say if you're enjoying the case and you want to listen to the recordings, I mean, they're super interesting. Um, you can find them online. I definitely recommend it if you want to find out more about the case. I got to say, these guys took over a year at this. 42 successive successions of uh, exorcism. Mm -hmm. Normally, if I try something once or twice and it doesn't work, I give up. Like if, yeah. I'm, if I'm trying out like a new cake recipe and I it up once or twice and the cake doesn't really turn out right i'll usually quit and maybe eat something else rather than I'll, spend a year trying to bake this cake rather than spend a year meticulously uh working out the recipe uh at what point in 42 sessions did they did they never think this isn't working well i think i mean we're looking at this this incident as a as a whole right now when you break it down into the month by month maybe one month they got rid of one demon mm. maybe the next month they're like we're down to three now right a couple months later oh judas is back we got to get rid of him again psych it was a it was hitler the whole time Jesus. i think there's like been a process of eliminating demon they feel like they've been whittling it down and making progress it's is like when you're battling the elite four in pokemon or something and yeah. you think you're like one hit away from completing the goddamn game and then they drink a big ass Hyper health potion. potion yeah oh god and then you finally beat the last demon aka elite four member yeah. and you're like well i'm the leader now not so fast you son of a bitch gary oak is oh, here now you gotta fight this guy aka judas himself <laughs> it just it never ends you're right that was a great analogy by the way fantastic <laughs> in the end annalise michelle went through 67 exorcisms some lasting up Holy to four shit. hours long despite her terrible health 
She was asked repeatedly whether she wanted to see a doctor, but she said, quote, there is nothing a doctor can do for me. I don't think she's in the, the best position place to, to make that call. Make that call. Yeah. yeah. I think that's clear. Because even if you do think she's possessed by a demon, that's what the demon would say. <laughs> the demon's not going to go, yeah, actually, I need a glass of water and, and a, a sit down. The demon's going to be like, pour flames into my mouth hole. <laughs> the demon's like, it's honestly been great sparring with you every day, Keith. <laughs> I'll see you same time tomorrow, same place, same time. Round two, let's go. (laughs) On the morning of July 1st, 1976, Annalise Michelle passed away in her sleep. (sighs) Just like the demons predicted, the 1st of July. Really? Yeah. Damn, I forgot that bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She had said uh, around Christmas time that all the trials and suffering would be over in July, and the family had waited until July, and the morning of the 1st of July she passed away in her sleep. Is that for real? That's insane. Yeah. Presumably they thought that that was the end of the possession. The demons. That the demons would go out of her. Yeah. the sick plot twist was that she passed away. Just passed away. Yeah. Well after word got out and the story spread, Father Renz and Annalise's parents were immediately arrested. Of course. And charged with negligent homicide. Essentially stating that Annalise despite refusing to eat and claiming that she didn't need a doctor, was, as we said, in no way mentally stable enough to make these decisions and should have been brought to a hospital immediately. While awaiting the results of the trial, an autopsy of the body revealed some strange results. Firstly, the autopsy showed that Annalise Michelle eventually died of starvation, but the body wasn't covered in sores as it typically would be. Also, her brain showed no signs of damage characteristic of epileptic seizures. Hmm. Not to mention, the family had 42 audio recordings of the exorcisms which they played at the trial to prove unequivocally that their daughter was beyond a doubt possessed by demons. Long story short, they all went to jail. Of course. (laughs) They were completely charged with manslaughter, uh, went to jail for six months with three years probation, uh, which a lot of people think was way too soft a sentence. Seems pretty on the light end of things. Yeah. Yeah. For negligent manslaughter, six months. That's that's pretty that's pretty light, I would say, considering the circumstances. So, as I said, this is one of the most popular and talked about demon possession stories in the paranormal community in the world really popularized by the films and um it's become kind of like it's got a bit of a cult following Mm -hmm. i think you know there's bands that have written songs about it movies have been made about it it's a very well-known and very well-documented case as i said we have all of these audio recordings quite disturbing but they are there to prove that this thing really did happen Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready get 30, ready get 20, 20, 20, get 20, 20, get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Kit, this year has gone by so quickly. What's something that you're proud of in 2024 so far? Go. 
Mm, okay. Uh, well, I managed to capture a deadly cryptid and lock it in my basement. Okay. And tell me, did mm. you take time to celebrate that win? Oh, yeah, not really. Uh, I'm scared if I let my guard down, it'll escape. In life, it's important that we slow down, acknowledge our progress, and set goals that inspire us. I can't even sleep at night. I'm so scared this thing is going to break out. When it comes to finding time for ourselves and our goals, BetterHelp can be a great way to set boundaries and become the best version of yourself. You can get matched with a licensed therapist that suits your needs. It's online, convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. It's time to take a moment and celebrate your wins. What if the win you're celebrating is so big, no basement can hold it? Okay, you might need to move house. Huh? But for everyone else, there is BetterHelp. Take a moment. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Paranormal Life today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Paranormal Life. We haven't really talked in detail about a demon possession on this podcast before. Kit, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I'm glad we covered it. I, like you say, we've got a bunch of requests for it. And it's, no matter the circumstances that surround it and the subsequent trial, it's it's definitely worth covering a paranormal case that captures the public imagination like this. I can definitely see what drew people to this case over the years. Yeah. Um, like you say, artists and, and musicians, amateur investigators. There's just obviously such a dearth of information for them to get through. Even if you had a passing interest in it and you spoke a little German, you know, I'm sure it would be fascinating to listen to what was going on in those exorcisms. Yeah, and also, I mean, it's enticing enough to hear about a story where a girl is possessed by demons such as Hitler or the actual devil itself, but then all these other little details of eating spiders and making squeezing apples so they explode with their superhuman strength. I mean, these are things that other possession stories don't have. It's true. Yeah, it, it's incredibly well documented. Um, I know for me, I've personally always wondered, you know, I grew up in a religious sort of background, like my community, the school we went to, yeah. all that kind of stuff. And it's kind of nuts to know that at least in the Catholic Church, which it sounds like, I don't know if this was. I think this is, yeah. Yeah, that as far as I'm aware to this day, they still have like, you know, G.I. Joe priests trained in exorcisms. <laughs> yeah. Ready to go. Like they don't do it very often because they know it's not seen in the most positive light these days. Yeah, But yeah. they do have people trained to do that kind of thing. Uh, and they can be brought out when necessary. So it's, it's actually, sorry to interrupt, but it is interesting to note that um, this specific case was uh, one of the reasons that sanctioned exorcisms massively decreased I bet. Uh, in Germany and subsequently across the world um, when more and more of these types of cases came forward and it became a lot more frowned upon uh, by society. For better or for worse, I think better, frankly, if this is a case study. Yeah, it's interesting to know that this case had such a huge effect on that practice. But when it comes down to the nitty gritty of what's going on here, it's incredibly depressing, uh, the sheer levels of negligence. Oh, yeah. Uh, and it's something we thankfully don't have to talk about too much on This Paranormal Life. But it's a 
good sort of salient example of what can happen when paranormal situations go misdiagnosed. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And I mean, that's one of the regrettable things doing this podcast is how many investigations you look at where the conclusion is essentially undiagnosed mental illness Mm -hmm. uh, because for some reason or another, this person was ignored or it's from a year where there wasn't the level of understanding that we have towards mental illness today. And I think essentially, um, as you heard from the trial, these people were sent to jail and the overwhelming consensus was that this was a misidentification of mental illness. Mm -hmm. This is someone who is obviously suffering with possibly schizophrenia, Mm -hmm. um, epilepsy, but had it wrapped around this hyper-religious family and their beliefs, which obviously, I mean, if you are, if you go through 67 exorcisms, you're gonna. I, if you do that to me, I'm gonna think I'm possessed. Mm-hmm. I, if if anyone goes through that and have their parents telling them you are a demon, you are a vehicle for, for demons, twenty four seven. Especially if you're mentally ill, you're gonna start believing that. Um, it re- also reminds me of a super interesting study I heard about one time, specifically to do with schizophrenia. And one of the symptoms of schizophrenia is that you experience voices in your head, kind of like a split personality thing that yeah. you hear the thoughts that you attribute to someone else. But this study focused on do all schizophrenic patients globally hear the same things? And it turns out apparently not. Apparently depends entirely on what culture you were brought up in, what your childhood was like, all of those things. And people from, say, particularly religious backgrounds, they're going to hear things to do with religion, uh, damnation, or they're going to think they're hearing from Jesus himself. But if you go to India, they obviously don't think they're hearing Jesus. They they put it in the context of their culture. Yeah. You go to Africa, they put it in the context of their local religion, uh, their local belief system. I mean, that'd be really weird if everyone just heard Jesus. <laughs> that, would, <laughs> that would prove a lot of points for, uh, yeah, one church for sure. Yeah, that, that's, that, that would definitely be a full investigation. I don't <laughs> think I'd just tag that on the end of this one. <laughs> yeah, I mean, at least it would be somewhat expected uh definitely a lot less weird than if everyone heard say uh krampus uh, or something like <laughs> yeah that. or hitler but you can definitely see how that would slot into a story like this where from the very beginning annalise michelle and her parents were immediately framing anything that went wrong with her in religious terms yeah so it it, it unfortunately feeds into this in, tragic event but we can definitely see how that religious framework was not necessarily helpful absolutely not i think it goes without saying we're both on the same page for this week this is a no this is a no guys we have a a textbook no it's a bad case it is an interesting one Uh, as i said if you want to you can check out the um the tapes and recordings online of the exorcisms itself but unfortunately this week is a double no but Super interesting stories. There's, you know, a couple more uh, possession stories I definitely think we should check out eventually, like the Enfield haunting. Of course. I mean, we're not even far from that. I know. We keep saying it. We've been saying it for ages, but we, we've got to check it out. We definitely do. What an episode. Thank you so much for joining us, folks. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode of This Paranormal Life. If you enjoyed listening to this week's episode, why wouldn't you enjoy seeing an episode live? That is right. We are doing a live investigation 
in London, oh, two and a half yes. weeks away. Good now, Lord. I haven't checked. I don't know if there's any tickets left. <laughs> All I know is they were mo- they were moving. They were moving. Folks. I don't know if I'm even available for the f-ing event. <laughs> the whole thing's a dice roll at this point. But if you do want to see the show live, check it out. All the information is online. It is the 15th of September. Sunday 15th of September. I can get September. this right. Fif- Sunday 15th. Don't interrupt me because okay. I'm doing it. The readout. Just get time. it right. Just get it right. Just spit it out. Sunday the 16th? No, the, the 15th. Jesus, the 15th. I got this. Sensitive. I got to get it right. right. Fine, I got people it. Are I got gonna, it. People are going to think it. it's the wrong date. Right, it's the, fi- it's the 15th. Yeah. Monday. No. Sunday. Jesus, Sorry. Man. Yeah, I you... even knew that. Deep down, I knew that. Okay, well, I just know I it did. then. Just know it. 16th. 15th. Oh, I'm back at that. Sorry. 15th of Sunday. The 15th of Sunday. Sun- right. People will get will September. glean the information from that. Yeah, September. Those words are right. Yeah. 2020. 2019? No, 20, 2019. This year. It's I knew two that. and a half weeks away. How would it be 2020? Jesus Christ, man. I thought it was a leap year. This is the live show 30 <laughs> minutes in. What date is it? It's the 15th Sunday, September 2019. And oh, it's going to yeah. be the best night of your lives. So check it out. If you're also interested in joining the Paranormal Secret Society. Secret Society. Where all the coolest cats and the paranormal peasants go to chill. You should head over to facebook.com forward slash I don't know. But somewhere on Facebook you can find this paranormal life. It's not life. complicated. It's, it's facebook.com forward slash this paranormal life. You said it. You can find it there. You can join the secret society where we share memes. We talk about each week's episodes. We just hang out and bask in the glory of the paranormal. And air our grievances about the hosts. We do. Relentlessly. And as always, we don't have any sponsors on the show. This show is supported and paid for by you guys and you guys alone except this week where we're proudly sponsored by chompies the number one we're bringing it back from folks. north korea but chompies has a new partner that's right start your day with chompies and end your day with birios the only cereal to get you smashed start you start your day strong and end it bong because because birios I also have some drugs in them. Whoa! That's the toy inside. And we're not talking CBD. We're not talking uh, echinacea, some kind of feel-good hippie drug. We're talking hard shit, folks. We're talking... Didn't we tell you it was from North Korea? Anything goes. There is meth in the Beerios. Um... But it all works out because uh, all you have to do is use your birio spoon and with a little lighter underneath. Of course. You can melt it down uh, and just have, a, have a, the time of your life, really. It's fantastic. So buy a bowl of chompies where every adventure is a day. And also pick up a bowl of birios. Falling off the wagon never tasted so good. That's a, that's a damaging slogan. That's, that's offensive to many people. We also get by not just from sponsored content from various North Korean cereal brands, but also from you guys, from your support on Patreon. If you want bonus episodes and all this fantastic content that we can offer you, and we want to offer it to you. So check it out on patreon.com forward slash this paranormal life, where the supporters on that site get their names specially shouted out on this podcast. Let's do it right now. Thanks very much to Nathan Marble. 
They call him Nathan Marble because this dude looks like he was carved out of marble. Whoa. Like an ancient statue. He stands there, chiseled abs, you know, rippling wow. biceps. Fortunately, his dick is also out. It's just out. <laughs> Um, like a lot of these old-fashioned statues. Well, hopefully it's not like the statues where they've chopped the that bit <laughs> off. Did they do that? Uh, or was that just moving and handling accidents? I feel like there was a... T- no, I'm thinking of the nose. They chopped off the nose, but then they put leaves over the private The private parts. parts. Yeah. That's very tasty. So hopefully, Nathan, you got leaves over your privates. Hopefully you still have a nose. And a penis. Um, but thank you for supporting the show, you marble beauty. Thanks also to Jill. Jack and Jill went up a hill to support a podcast on Patreon. Jill's account got hacked. Her money Whoa. was <laughs> jacked. <laughs> and Jack's was soon stolen after. That's a little nursery rhyme that uh, Jill actually taught me. It was based on a true story. That's what they actually teach kids in primary school today. It's changed since we were there. Yeah, they use Jill's case as a case study <laughs> when she subscribed to this podcast. It's the war in the kids about getting doxxed. Jill, I'm sorry we took all your money, but thank you for the support. <laughs> it's not support if we took it. <laughs> Thanks also to Rami. If it isn't traffic jammy Rami, this guy just 8.30 every morning goes out to the busiest highway and just starfishes on the road. What? Just trying to cause as much trouble as possible. It's insane. Like a little dickling. Is that legal? Absolutely not. Wow. The police are trying to arrest him, but they're 20 feet back, (laughs) neck deep, bumper to bumper. They can't even get to the son of a bitch. It's the perfect crime. genius. (laughs) Holy shit. Ah. I mean, I don't know why you're doing it, and I don't know how you're making money, but thank you for your support. <laughs> they went up to him. They were like, are you trying to raise awareness for something? He said, no. Uh, gotta respect that hustle. Thanks, Rami. Thanks also to Emily Anderson. Emily Anderson is our number one Fanderson. <gasps> That's right. She loves the podcast more than anything. She gives more than anyone. I checked out her social profiles. She's selling a vial of your blood on eBay. Really? I don't know how she got it. I wake up a little bit paler and a little bit weaker every day, and I was wondering what was going on. We just thought it was all the beers you've been having lately. Of course. All those late night beerios. It turns out she's ganking your blood. My blood. Wow. Yeah, which like I guess is a something a fan would do, but then sell it is pretty weird. Yeah, that would explain the kickback she's been giving us. I guess that's royalties for my own blood. <laughs> blood royalties. Wow. Well, I mean, hell. If all you need is a little bit of kid's blood to give us a donation every month, take away. I don't know if I have the authority to say that, but take away. You don't. Suck them dry for all I care. (laughs) Okay, that's enough. (laughs) Thanks also to Margaret. Margaret is a shooting star grit. (laughs) And I mean, that sounds like she's, you know, she's on the right track and she's headed in the right direction. I mean it in the most literal sense possible. She's traveling at approximately 30,000 miles a second. So if she were to (laughs) pass the Earth's atmosphere, she would be just a shooting star for all intents and purposes. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, you you couldn't even touch her because she's almost entirely made of ice ah. negative 100 degrees celsius oh. you would you evaporate essentially is she human in any sense i don't know 
Margaret the Stargrit seems to just be a sentient rock ah. floating on a majestic quest through space. And somehow, she's got a pair of AirPods. She's blasting this paranormal life. And I appreciate the support. Thanks also to Michael Puttacombe. Michael, put that comb down. You don't know where that comb came from. You don't know where that comb came from. He's out here picking up pine cones from the park. You don't know where a little squirrel could have pissed on that. You don't just pick up shit, Michael. Me and Are you Pitt, his dad? We're his guardians. Uh, I think as soon as you listen to someone talk for a hundred plus hours, they should become at least a mentor, a sensei in your life. I'm and I fine feel like with that. I feel like everyone that listens to this show has us as their mentors. I think they really value what we say about life. Yeah, and I think Michael needs a lot of guidance. He's picking up pissy cones <laughs> left, right, and center. So Michael, just put it down and enjoy the podcast. Thanks also to Dylan Johnston. They call him Killing Dylan because whatever he's doing, he's killing it. Whoa. Work, killing it. Boom. Relationships, killing it. <laughs> Only problem. Oh. Again, it, I mean it very literally. So he works at an animal shelter. Okay. He's killing it. Oh. There's very little recovery involved in these animals. He's putting ah. them down. Ah, there's not many adoptions, I guess. Yeah, I think, yeah. Dylan, murder might seem like the option, the, the number one option for every one of life's problems. And, hell, we teach that lesson sometimes at the commune, too. But maybe he's up a little bit. He's up on the killing. Just wound them try wounding it doesn't seem like it try maiming sometimes relationships sometimes like uh middle of the road isn't the answer right i don't think maiming the animals is uh, so stick with murder or just like let him let him go just let him go fine they call him let him go dylan because he gives up on life (laughs) he'd prefer that he killed it you prefer (laughs) you're like also giving up on life sounds like murder Thank you, Dylan. Thank you, too. Alex Milka. Alex, you are the Milka in my chompies. <laughs> you are the beer in my beerios. You make everything that's a little too hard in life just that little bit softer, like mm. milk does to cereal. Hmm. I think that's a beautiful analogy. Also, you are 2% fat, which is remarkable, by the way, to get your body fat that Shredded low. beyond belief. <laughs> you are you are a semi-skimmed human, my friend, and I I am impressed. You uh, teach me your ways. <laughs> I am an eggnog to you, I think. <laughs> Thanks also to Sally Butler. Sally, me and Kit actually are recruiting for a butler in the paranormal commune. Um, someone to just keep on top of our daily tasks hmm. um, stop any possible revolutions or uprisings I don't think that's what a butler does but but I guess if you just mean the name yeah well also to serve us eggs in the morning why eggs? I also want eggs in the okay. morning which is also partially why the uprising is happening because there's okay. an egg shortage in the commune and uh, <laughs> so people are not happy those jobs are actually very linked if you could Incredibly somehow linked. serve us eggs every morning without letting a soul know that we're getting eggs every yeah morning. sally that's it's really vitally important that you do it with the utmost secrecy how many eggs we want every morning classified find out when your resume arrives <laughs> thank you too 
Franz Yurio Leo Alto. As they always say, keep your friends close <gasps> and your enemies closer. And we're keeping Franz very close because he's our right-hand butler in the commune. Oh, Sally, you're out of a job. Sally, you're the left-hand butler. Oh, we still need it. Oh, of course. Yeah. Franz, your job's mostly going to be um, serving us dinner at night, uh, stopping any uprisings, uh, because for dinner we want eggs. Of course. More eggs. Uh, which people aren't happy of. They weren't happy about the breakfast eggs, let alone the dinner eggs. So, friends, we're going to really need you to just serve the eggs and uh, and just put a stop to any whisperings or traitors or uprisings going on in the commune. We're currently waiting on a large shipment of those fake Chinese eggs that we're kicking about a couple of years ago. Yeah. Uh, we really think that those fake eggs will... Uh, will alleviate a lot of the tension in the commune. Which, by the way, is only because we refuse to serve anything other than egg-based dishes. People have got tons of soldiers, but yeah. no eggs to go with them. Exactly. They got, they've got loads of Benedict, no eggs. Thanks, lastly, but not leastly, to Ryan Whitelaw. Ryan, we need you to write law in the commune. And the law is, back the f- off my eggs. <laughs> All right? People need to just calm down. All right, next week we have a truckload of chickens arriving at the commune, which we can sell to buy eggs. So just cool it with all this egg famine nonsense that's the the rumors that are going around. Sure, Kit and I are still eating eggs. Sure, no one else has eaten eggs for weeks. But, you know, if we start if we start letting the leaders go hungry, then what does that say about the followers? You know, so... Of course. So, Ryan, we need you really just to, um, you know, keep morale high um, in, in the in the commune. Don't, don't yoke them on. It's an egg-based pun there. People hate that. Don't do that. That really stirs them up, actually. <laughs> that really whisks them up. So, so don't really do, do any egg-based content. But just keep an eye on them and enforce the law if needs be. And serve us eggs also. And Ryan Whitelaw, do you know how we like our eggs? White and raw. No yolk. Ice cold. <laughs> we're not even eating all of the eggs that we're hoarding. <laughs> like a mad we, chicken. We can give the commune the yolks, which they would probably be happy with. It's the most tasty bit. <laughs> the commune are like, at least cook the eggs. Hell no. White and raw. White and raw shell and all. <laughs> So many people are like, I really shouldn't have come here. <laughs> this wasn't what was promised to me. This isn't the level of conversation I was expecting. <laughs> I was promised, at the very least, eggs. <laughs> at the very most, at eternal the- salvation. <laughs> eggs was like the footnote at the bottom, was eggs every Sunday. <laughs> they can't even deliver on the eggs. I really feel like if, if Kit and Rory... Didn't eat eggs the other six days of the week. We could all eat eggs on a Sunday, but no. <laughs> Silence, Ryan, get him. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of This Paranormal Life. I had an absolute blast. Hopefully you did as well, Kit. Hopefully you did listening at home. Uh, remember, the chickens are coming. We're going to sell those. Plenty of eggs are coming. Don't freak out. Stop saying that there's... Stop using hashtag egg famine because it's not a real thing. Just chill out, everyone. Hope you enjoyed this week's episode, and we will see you next week for a brand new Paranormal Tale. Bye-bye, folks. Ciao. (laughs) 
ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. This is Roundabout Season 2, and we're back to share more stories from the road and the memories made along the way. We're talking rest stops. If we're stopping to get gas, you will be timed. (laughs) (laughs) You will be right. (laughs) Misguided plans. I grew up in the city, so I have like, you know, a healthy fear of real extreme darkness. (laughs) This was like wilderness. A lot of laughs. Y'all weird, but you, (laughs) you, you were different. Like you were real different, bro. I can't really put my finger on it. And so much more. Just goes to show that unexpected things sometimes are the best when it comes to a road trip. Roundabout Season 2, presented by Nissan, is live now with new episodes rolling out every Thursday. Listen and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com (laughs) 